Hey, what's up? Welcome to the fifth episode of Movie Dumpster. We're talking Equilibrium today, directed by Kurt Wimmer from 2002. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw, and I'm so fucking happy to talk about this movie. <laughs> Welcome to the dumpster. But I, being poor, I've owned my dreams. I've spread my dreams under your feet. Tread softly. You tread on my dreams. I didn't hate this movie as much as I thought I was going to hate it. Like, at all. I thought I was going to go into this feeling the way I felt about boondock scenes where I went back and rewatched it. Just going like, this is awful. The gunplay and all that stuff and, like, the Willem Dafoe stuff is good. But, like, the other 80% of the movie is like, this movie sucks. It's just a bunch of, like, Irish dudes cursing. Non-fucking-stop. And I curse a lot. It's Irish edgelordy bullshit. This, however, this is, this movie's very ambitious. Mm. <laughs> very, 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 very ambitious. And I would dare to say that most of the time, it achieves uh, whatever it's trying to do. And then sometimes, Tay Diggs, uh, it doesn't. It's always making a valiant effort. <laughs> if you like guns, this movie's fucking for you. Well, so we get to the halfway point, this movie starts going in 15 different directions. We're shot into the future after the events of World War III. And apparently, the new government that's formed doesn't want to have another war. Go figure. So they decide that the answer to that is to breed and train these assassins who directly go in and destroy the source of the problem. But with that comes a lot of other fucking problems and why you can't have peace in in this way, in this weird fucking... Well, we should also note that the thing that they they decided that would solve... Yeah, they're, they're weird scapegoat. Yeah, is that, hey, if you don't have any kind of free will or any kind of creativity or any kind of emotion, then, of course, there'll be world peace. But because of that, obviously, not everyone's just going to lie down and take that. Yeah, so we're thrust into this Orwellian, like, 1984 totalitarian fucking garbage. This is Fahrenheit 451 with machine guns. It's about right. <laughs> Like, I was drawing the parallels, like, in my head. Like, as I was watching this, I was like, this is fucking 1984. Uh, even as far as, like, the thought police, like, in this movie, it's the sense police. They look for sense offenses, which, that's the start of the list of the really hammy shit that has to come out of a lot of talented actors' mouths. Let's just get this out of the way, because we're going to be saying this the whole fucking time. But for a society that rides on not having emotions, this movie is rot with these fuckers having emotions. You can't tell actors not to act. Yeah, exactly. Like, like if that was the case, everybody would be speaking like a fucking robot throughout the entire... They'd be just talking like this without showing any emotion or inflection. So it'd be The Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready for that one. Once we start digging into Tay Dix's character arc, which ends in a hilarious way, we'll bring that up more. But this movie brings us right into a fucking ridiculous gunfight. Okay, so there's, like, the main city, which is called Libriex, and, um, everything outside of that is called the Netherlands. So it's kind of like this Judge Dredd type thing where there's like Mega City 1 and then everything on the outside is quote unquote like wasteland, right? Yeah, it's just shit. Because these fuckers burned everything. Yeah, it just bombed out ruins. Apparently, the source of all the evil in the world are fine art burglars. These people have this horde of like Leonardo da Vinci paintings. I need to add 
that this opening sequence where the it's called the, they're called the tetragrammaton police these basically these sense police they go to raid this resistance warehouse the resistance leader is none other than heatwave dominic purcell aka dracula aka the dude from prison break he is dracula isn't he <laughs> There's so many actors in this movie who are not jokes. Like, for as low under the radar this movie flew, I'm like, this movie's full of fucking talent. And that guy, uh, I don't know if you caused this right in the beginning of the movie, and I only noticed this because I'd seen it before, but uh, in the beginning, there's a scene kind of after this opening bit, so maybe I'm jumping ahead a tiny bit, but, you know, they have this uh, tetragrammaton council is basically what they're called, and, uh, you know, all their imagery is basically like a riff on, like, the Nazi uh, swastika, just instead of the swastika, it's kind of like a cross-looking thing. It's like four T's that are kind of put together, where the inside looks kind of a plus symbol but it's exactly. got the t's on all four sides it's it's interesting looking i like it totalitarian yeah. <laughs> i'm sitting there thinking okay so nazis they're good they're riffing off nazis and then i guess they have this part where they show like nazi propaganda like old war footage i get i'm assuming the idea being hey if you have a reaction watching this you need to be killed well in that scene if you pay attention the leader of the resistance is actually one of those people in that park watching this war footage and i just thought that was kind of a nice little uh thing if you pick up on it oh yeah interesting he's not in the movie literally until like the last what 40 minutes yeah young looking william fickner that's like the irony of the whole thing because they're like ah caligula did this and fucking hitler did that and he's like we don't want that do we so we'll just fucking kill everybody and it'll be fine this movie is filled with wanton slaughter this movie's incredibly violent without really showing like mostly a drop of blood like all the blood is really downplayed everyone gets hit and like dust flies out of them it squibs but it's all just sand and powder and shit they're great and this is one of them this is one of them this this siege is ridiculous. This is a bunch of hapless assholes in a fucking beaten up house get gunned down by a SWAT team. And must all the resistance fighters look like they're like terrorists with the, you know, the stereotypical wool hat with the trench coat on? Like They all look like characters from The Division. Oh. <laughs> That's what threw me for a loop because I was like, again, like, I haven't seen this movie since it came out. I haven't, I haven't rewatched it in years either. So I'm watching this and I'm like, oh, wait, Christian Bale is a good guy, right? And I'm like thinking to myself, like, oh, yeah, he's a good dude. He goes in there with Sean Bean, like Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi. I couldn't get that, like, out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, they get there and he's like, you know, blow the boats off the doors and then shoot this light out and I'm going to go inside. The only thing I can think of, these art smuggler types are cowards, you know. Oh, God. So they go in there. It's like complete darkness. And like, this isn't even part of like the gun kata training. And I I'm sorry that I'm saying this now. Like, I didn't wait to get to it. But like, this is our first instance of it. And the gun kata, like, it's in complete darkness. It's a really cool fucking scene, but it doesn't make any fucking sense. No, it's complete darkness. It's like, okay, they can't see you, but you can't see them either. But that's the point, because, like, when they eventually do explain the Gunkata, like, later in the movie, they're trying to get this point across that, like, well, actually, Gunkata is not actually based on aiming at anybody. It's all about percentages and statistics and about, like, we know the chances of this many people being in the room and on these angles, blah, blah, blah. So I, I guess that's what they were trying to represent in that scene, was that even though he couldn't see it, it didn't matter because he's going to do the same routine no matter what it is also it's a really cool idea that's presented with the hokiest presentation possible where his arms are seemingly what is happening at special effects and filming techniques wise when his arms are fucking moving around like that with the full-on ninja sound effects we're going from really good effects to really shitty effects like at the fucking drop of a dime <laughs> There's a lot of effects-heavy scenes in this movie. It's really cool, 
And then, like, a second later, there's this shit, this shitty, shitty, shitty effect, and you're like, wait, why? This is taking me out of it. Because right before this, like, the shot of them shooting the door down and Christian Bale jumping on it and, like, surfing into the room, it's almost like the old boy style where you kind of, you're set in a horizontal way, so you follow Bale as he jumps into this room onto the door and then hits the middle of the room and then everything goes dark. I'm like, that looks really cool. And then we get swivel arms. <laughs> And then it's just like blast in the dark and there's just like dudes getting fucking lit up. There's also like a hundred people in this room who pop up out of nowhere like it's fucking Virtua Cop. <laughs> Again, though, like, I, it's never justified how the fuck he can possibly do this. I mean, I get it. He's the best cleric. That's what they're called. Like, the assassins that take care of all these rebels are clerics. And, I, and then he's supposed to be the best one and all this shit. But, like, I still don't understand how he does it in the dark. Anyway. So they commit that. So they so all these resistance fighters get, get fucking haplessly slaughtered. Uh, and Sean Bean's character takes with him a book. What is it? Yeats? But it's quoted, like, three times in the movie. And that's the big crux of the emotional standpoint in this film. But right before that, you don't know what's happening and you're like oh shit Kristen Bale is just about to fuck these terrorists up and you're like oh that was pretty sick and then um they go he goes into this room and he like looks at the dude's rug you know the one that ties everything together and they just like throw it out of the way and he's like yeah it's under there and they pop up the the floorboards like a goddamn puzzle piece and it comes out and there's just like a horde of Leonardo da Vinci paintings he's like yeah fucking burn them oh no he has some guy come in pull out his PKE meter <laughs> Yep, it's real. Yeah, sure is. His digital art authenticator. This guy's credited as a uh, chemist. Okay. <laughs> All right. So he scans it. He authenticates it. Like, what if it wasn't real? Like, does it fucking matter? All right, roll it up. Throw it in the back of the truck. Yeah, like, we're going to keep it. The whole point is to destroy the art. Anyway, it's a fucking original. And it's like, really? So Christian Bale's is like, yeah, burn it. And they just fucking incinerate this building and all of these paintings. And then I'm thinking to myself, like, the resistance are just trying to preserve, like, masterpieces of a bygone age. You know what I mean? Like, everything's destroyed, and they're like, oh, we got to hang on to some kind of semblance of the past, and, and don't forget about all this great progress that we had made. That's why the Tetragrammaton Council is coming to get them and burn their fucking asses. No. I do like that kind of conflict, where it's like, this stuff isn't bad. It's it's like cultural annihilation, is what this yeah. government is doing. It's, it's, tr it's transparently diabolical. And everybody was just like, yeah, fuck it, I'll just shoot myself. Oh, and there's, okay, we'll get to it right now. The fucking drug in this movie that makes you not feel emotions. Not all that effective. What is it called? Byzantium? Prosium. Oh, Prosium. What's Byzantium? Isn't that some fucking... <laughs> what movie is... That's a vampire movie with Gemma Arterton. <laughs> Whoops. Anyway, so they shoot themselves up with this stuff. They're on, like, a schedule of this shit that depletes their emotions. So they don't feel anything. They're not supposed to feel love or hate or anger or stress or anxiety or sadness. Pretty much, like, everything you need to function as a person. And in doing so, they've ended wars. But yet, they're still employing people with guns and training them to kill people. If there's no wars, why are we doing this? We're going to circle back to this right when we get to the end of the movie because there is a little bow tied on that nicely but it's you don't get to it until the end sorry i just want to get some of the psychology of this out of the ways yeah no oh, there's a lot to pull out of this movie there was more than i thought because i went into it like this is just some dumb action movie i saw when i was a teenager i i finished it like an hour ago i was like oh this actually wasn't that bad it's silly as shit but it's actually got a lot going on like it's stupid but it's heavier than i thought it was yes and it takes itself deathly serious um so this is where sean bean takes the book and then they're seen driven back to the uh their city they're shooting themselves up to their their fucking shit and christian bale 
Daniel's like, sees him with the book. He's like, why don't you let the, what is it, our evidence collectionary get evidence getter ridder of our teams? Yeah, why don't they just burn it, like, on site? What does this bring this shit back for? What, what, what is that about? Yeah, he's like, oh, sometimes I miss things, and I'll see to it myself. Flying it through his teeth, obviously. Yeah, but they burn the fucking building down, like... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's cool. I'm just going to put it in for uh, the safekeeping. I-, I got it. Yeah, th- I mean, they missed it. I couldn't just toss it onto the bonfire, so clearly I have to take it with me. Yeah, they forget, you know? I got to help these guys, you know? I, I was going to say, I don't-, I don't know if this is something that just, like, you guys were kind of alluding to earlier with, like, the way actors are going to act, but I feel like throughout this movie, anytime you see a character that has been known to be off their medication, they suddenly are, like, making really stupid decisions about, like, oh, I'm trying to hide this deadly secret that if I'm found out, I'm going to be murdered immediately but let me like be real like sad around like the guy who's like the best at killing those kinds of people (laughs) my partner's the best killer in the city (laughs) not only that but he's like the best at sensing that somebody's has feelings that's his thing He's like scanner cop. Yeah, basically. So like uh, Sean Bean steals his book and like Christian Bale like immediately suspects him of being a quote unquote sense offender, which again, list of stupid terms we're going to start piling up here. Um, And then we kind of get our first like look at Libria. There's a lot of uh, expository background stuff from this father figure who is like the overlord of the city, basically. It's fucking Hitler's Germany, man. Straight up. He's a propaganda spewing talking head who is on every single screen in the city. And he kind of like... Actually, if you listen to everything he says in the film, a lot of what he says is gives a lot of context to what you're seeing and is pretty interesting. Because it's a lot of like it's a lot of like weird history lessons, and then like there's a scene later on where he's Christian Bale's character is looking at his desk, and the background he's noticing every desk is the same, and the background father is talking about how they have basically manipulated everyone into living identical lives. Yeah, exactly. It, it, he's got he's got like this really high like I mean what you would call it, what is that like extreme socialism? Yes, I would think so. That's what that would be, right? Where everybody is on a schedule, everybody's paid the same, everybody's treated the same, everybody it, everything's completely equal. Yet they're also in a is that a dictatorship as well? Yeah, I would say so. Some level. Yeah, I think so. Because they're not allowed to, like, do anything. Right. Right. You don't have any choice. There's that one scene, right? Like, actually, at this moment where everyone in the city stops walking and stops doing whatever. They stop what they're doing and all shoot up this drug at the same exact time. Yeah, because they're they're on a fucking regiment. They're all completely indoctrinated. Um, And then we get, like, there's, like, a little bit of thing here. Right when Christian Bale goes, like, what is he? He goes to visit Angus McFadden, whose character's name I can't fucking remember because I think it's only mentioned once. Dupont, maybe? DuPont. Yes, it is DuPont. And DuPont kind of gives like a, a rundown of like what the Tetragrammaton clerics are and talks to Christian Bale and basically says like, you're good at what you do. Now, goodbye. Now get the fuck out of my office. The father loves you. Uh, that's basically what it is, which then kind of takes us right to him going to check and see if Sean Bean's character logged this book as evidence over in their, uh, I guess like, why do they have an evidence archiver like person if they just burn everything? <laughs> that's my point. Like everything should just be incinerated. Like, when he was taking that book from that crime scene, like, Christian Messer would be like, okay, you obviously feel something. I'm going to just shoot you in the fucking face right now. It wasn't even that he saw it in the book, too. That was the thing. It was like, he had to rewatch that clip because, like, he the way he said something was, like, a little off at first. He says, uh, I can't remember, because there's several points in this movie where dialogue is echoed for, like, enhanced context. And, like, they're discussing in the car about, like, what do we do after all this is done? Like, what, what, like, what, what happens when, like, all this shit is burned? It's better than flashbacks. So they're in the car and he's like he's like oh man when i come back from the netherlands or the what is it it's just called the nether i think you know when i come back here from the nether it makes me wonder why we do this and he's like oh it does and the inflection in which he says it yeah he says it very inquisitively yeah and christian bale's like what the 
Did you feel something? Did you did you just feel? Did you just feel something in front of me? Did you ask me a question? You mother you motherfucker. <laughs> and then and then he like pretends that you put his injection in like right in front of Christian Bale and then like realizes like he's fucked up and like changes his tone. Yeah, he's like, "Uh yeah, I'm I'm good." I mean, uh beep boop. I mean, fuck it. I don't feel anything. Beep boop, it does. It sure does. Fellow partner, hey hey hey. Then it kind of like after a few minutes of like we we spend some time in Libreo, we kind of see how everyone lives and how fucking scary it is. Bale like basically just goes immediately hunts down Sean Bean, who's now hiding out in the Nether, I believe, just reading this book by himself. Well, he frequents the Nether by like being like, "Yeah, I'm on official business," and the guy's like, "All right, move along." And he fucking goes out through the gates and he like goes into a church and just reads his book. He's breaking the law. It's kind of sad. Like <laughs> I've got this burned out fucking garbage wasteland to go read a book to myself because my government won't let me have any fun yeah that's a that's a scary thought uh, again like the themes that this movie deals with are really fucked up now I, I like i like how this scene goes too because uh you know uh what was his actual name in the man we keep he's sean beam but he has a uh errol partridge okay right partridge. so partridge he's reading the book the book of poems and he's kind of reading a, a, a piece from it to uh christian bale's character preston i do like that quote a lot and so he basically is like christian bale uh, says you know hey you know i gotta take you in uh you know i'll try to make him go easy on you and partridge is just like yeah you know that never is how it works and he kind of just like goes for his gun and i think what they were going for there was he just wanted preston to kill him because he wanted to prove a point yeah because he doesn't reach for it with any kind of haste or uh urgency he just kind of moves his hand towards it and christian bale's like dude don't do it and then he reaches for it again and bale just shoots him yeah well it's better than the alternative he wanted to bring him in and, and for the uninitiated process means you are put into a fucking shoot and burned alive like straight up it's like you know in cat's eye uh i don't know if you guys have seen that Anyway, in Cat's Eye, they, they have, like, an electrical room where they put these people, but it's basically that, but instead of <laughs> electricity, they just shoot fucking, like, turbine-induced flames, and you just incinerate. It's like the microwave room from Kick-Ass, except there's no microwaves, it's just fucking fire. There's these giant fucking turbines that produce this heat that just burn you alive. So he shoots Sean Bean. In the fucking face, right through the book. Yeah, right through the book. It's a really cool shot. And, uh, yeah, he dies. Like Sean Bean does. So, once I saw him in this movie, the first time, I was like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> I, should, I shouldn't get invested in his character. He's been billed second. He's gonna die. Qui-Gon has fallen. In much less time. So, we meet Tay Diggs, like, a few minutes later, right? What is he doing in this movie? <laughs> Dude, no, no joke. Someone in Pixels, his comment on the post was like, I like how Tate digs this movie for no reason. The last thing I remember him being in, like the last thing that I've even seen him in was House on Haunted Hill. That's exactly what I was going to say. And I'm like, oh, he's like the comic relief guy. And I'm like, wait a second. We're not supposed to laugh in this movie. <laughs> okay, he his character is where a whole bunch of holes get poked into everything in this movie. Because from my understand, he's a guy who is supposed to not be feeling but is probably feeling and pretending not to feel, but he's clearly, but he's emoting like a stupid motherfucker. Like he's smiling and laughing the whole time. And he's like, he sniffs his own farts for an hour and a half. Like for someone who's supposed to be emotive, he's fucking full of himself. And he's always, he's smirking at people and making jokes. I'm like, I'm like, this motherfucker is the most obvious sense offender in the whole film. I think he's just a goddamn sadist and he <laughs> loves it. He's like, I don't give a shit. He's like, yeah, let's go fucking just kill people. I don't give a goddamn. Yeah, which, which the sniffs his own farts line is going to come in handy when we get to the ending. Oh. Oh, God. <laughs> Which I'm going to save all that for when we get to that part. That made me go, what the fuck? <laughs> 
Um, so he meets Tay Diggs' character, who's like immediately dislikable and off-putting. And like I said, he's he's smiling and smirking, and he's he's kind of he's just like he's the shitty coworker who's like, "What are you doing? Hmm? Yeah, what's that? Ooh, what are you doing? What's going on there? Huh? Hey, man, want to go fucking kill some shit? That's basically what he's doing. Stop, stop moving your stapler around. Let's go kill some civilians. Come on. He's like, "Why are you moving your stuff around on your desk?" <laughs> <laughs> and Christian Bale's just like, uh, "I'm trying to uh, make it more efficient. No reason. Get out of my business." And he's like, "Hmm. All right. Well, guess what, man? We're going." down to the fucking uh the down in the resistance we're gonna blow the shit out of that place it's gonna be awesome you ready but before that happens this is where we get to bale pu- pulling a dopey move by dropping his dose of drugs like what in the sink or some shit he has a dream uh what is it okay so before that sean beans t- has that line about uh you're stepping on my dreams or what have you or be careful oh he asked him he's like yeah do you dream preston and he's like oh and that's what that's the thing that's the, uh, something else like he says uh preston says like i'm sorry he's like you, he's like no you're not you don't know what that means it's just some phrase you, you've been taught to say exactly just like and friends comes up the same way like no nobody knows what that emotion feels like they just know that it's just he has a dream about his final words doesn't he yeah but he also has a dream about his wife because we find out that his wife was tried on on um sen- a sense crime they come in and he and the, he like they like start to ransack his house and take his wife and he like fucks some he dudes up he fucks like four people up when he breaks that dude's hand and his fingers are all like fucking bent backwards no 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 there's there is too many uncomfortable limb snapping sequences in this movie that make my skin crawl like that dude's fingers are still in the trigger position and he just like he pulls this dude's elbow up and just snaps everything from the pinky to the shoulder it's awesome <laughs> it's so graphic this is like the 10th red flag He's about to kill this this one guard, and the guard's like, wait, 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 don't kill me. I, I'm scared, and uh, I'm not supposed to be showing emotion, but we're here for your wife. And he's like, what? Well, also, like, Bale's, Preston's instant reaction to seeing people manhandle his wife is, like, is not rage, but, like, immediate uh, spousal protection. Like, he snaps into aggression mode, like, right away. I'm like, that's an emotional response. Yeah, it's totally emotional response. That's that's the thing, though, like, and I, and I think maybe, like, that's where the movie does fall apart a little, but I also, like, in my head, like, I was just kind of attributing to that to almost like, okay, people do still have emotions, but that drug that they take is what like causes them okay they have the emotion for like two seconds five seconds and then they immediately are like checked back into place it's probably supposed to suppress but not completely destroy right and that that could be me like giving it a little bit more credit than i should it's it's a way to make it work without having to get angry at it you could say that it's even like intuition kicking in rather than conscious thought you can't destroy human instinct and that's what it is like it's probably an instinctive protective feeling that kind of outweighs any kind of maybe you know larger emotional response well this movie's really fucking deep <laughs> but it pisses me off a lot because they keep they keep pounding it into you like no fear no anger no sadness no no blah 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 but yet they f- they're just emoting all over the fucking place yeah and if that was touched on more it wouldn't be as problematic yeah if they just like said it and it was like oh they're not supposed to have emotion and you kind of will f- would forget most of the time but as soon as something as soon as you're like as soon as you start to like forget about that somebody comes up and says it fucking the father comes up and he's like hey guess what don't feel anything it's not good hey no no feelings don't touch yourself at night it's bad Yeah, and he wakes up from the dream and goes to take his prosium, and then that's when he goofs and drops it in the sink. So he misses his dose. So then, like, his whole, now his whole life is going to become topsy-turvy. Yeah, he's like, oh, I never take my thing out before I brush my teeth, but that dream really fucked me up. That's a, that's such a weird robotic exchange between him and his son, too. He's like, this, that son's a piece of shit until you realize he's just putting on a show. <laughs> yeah, the whole movie, I was like, this little fucker is going to bring this whole shit down. First of all, if I'm, if I'm a grown adult and I'm anywhere in my house by myself minding my own business, and my son just pops up behind me when he's supposed to be in 
bed and goes, what are you doing? I'm like, the fuck are you doing? Get back to bed. Yeah, and, and then he goes, hey, my friend at school, I saw him crying. Should I report him? It's like, And Chris Miller's like, yeah, fuck it, incarcerate him. <laughs> yeah, fuck it, burn that kid alive. They probably did. He also calls him John. The kid calls him John, not dad. Yeah. And that's like a thing, too. Like, they don't have, they don't have relationships like that. That comes up later. So he misses his dose, and then, like, kind of everything starts to get weird for him. Like, he runs into Tate Diggs again, and, like, oh, no, he goes to get more drugs, and the facility has been shut down because of a terrorist attack. Yeah, who the fuck is getting into this city, by the way? <laughs> I-, I don't know. Like, what are they trying What are they trying to do? They don't even elaborate or anything, and I'm like, I, I guess they were trying to, like, shut down, because that's one of their main facilities where they, the equilibrium facilities are where they get the prosium, correct? Yes. So I guess, yeah, I guess that makes sense, like somebody was trying to blow it up or something? I think they said they, I think they mentioned offhandly, like, their supply line was attacked, which makes more sense. Right. Well, we find out later that they're all rigged up with bombs as well. Yes. This has been going on for a long time. The long game. This kind of blew my mind. I was like, oh, fuck. So then Tate Diggs uh, is like, come on, I'm going to go kill more civvies. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, oh, I, can't, I can't believe you already got in and out of there. He's like, uh. Yeah, the lines were uh, no problem. I had my fast pass today. He's like, oh, you're Mr. Punctual. He's like, let's go kill some shit. You're not feeling anything, are you? <laughs> It's, like, obvious that he, like, literally just arrived and this guy doesn't pick up on it at all. He's like, uh, no, yeah, I got in there, yeah, mm-hmm. Hey, how you doing? Sun's bright today. You feeling anything? How you doing? Everything's fine. I'm fine. Uh, how are you? Well, that's another thing. They say good morning and good night to each other? Again, that's, like, you're conscious of somebody's feelings when you say good morning. Yeah, but it's almost like a how are you doing kind of thing, I think, is what they're going for with that. Like, Well, how would they be doing? They would just be doing regular. How are you doing? I'm alive. Yeah, exactly. I'm living. I'm living. I, I took a breath this morning. I ate food. Food to stay alive. I ate food out of my out of my plain white bowl with my plain white spoon, and I got into my plain white car. I had plain flavored oatmeal. <laughs> it tasted regular. Oatmeal already is plain. Sense offender. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Like somebody, <laughs> somebody gets like incarcerated, or I keep saying incarcerated. Like you, you're fucking getting, you're either getting burned or shot in the fucking head. Yeah, they they don't ever like go to these locations where they know that these resistance leaders are, and just like knock on the door. They just go in with machine guns blazing. They don't take a chance. We go right into another raid, I think, after a few more minutes of, like, of Diggs' bail banter. This is one of those awkward cuts where it just cuts, and you're like, wait, what the fuck? Because we're in the middle of it. Yeah, we're just, like, there's just guns fucking blazing. And a hose. There's a big hose on one of the fucking tanks just, like, blowing shit over. Every siege vehicle has a fire hose. I'm like, I'm like, are you killing these people, or are you suppressing riots? Exactly. That's why I was like, wait a second. Just to confuse, like, just to fuck with them? I suppose it, I suppose it can enhance the guns. Like, it's like, stop spraying with fire hoses! Alright, now shoot them. I guess, but they're supposed to be like again they're they're all uh emotionless so they don't get they're not supposed to get scared or anything so when they go in so they're already more efficient fighters it's essentially like blitzkrieg or or what hitler was doing where he was feeding them like amphetamines and shit on the battlefield and we're and we have like soldiers that like stayed up for days with like no emotion same same essentially the same kind of thing yeah and this this raid is where we get it's like we, should, we the raid's really short and like bale's like already showing signs of like this doesn't quite feel right and then we go right to the dog sequence which now after been in my profession for three years fucked me up for a few minutes wait 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 first he goes into tgi fridays and plays that beethoven record oh does that is that what happens first yeah oh, okay yeah oh that's right there's a there's a few scenes leading up to this where like he takes
takes his glove off and he puts his hand in, like a cold steel rail just to feel it. Well, no, not yet. That that's afterwards. Oh, that's okay. after the dog thing. This is this is when he first starts feeling like the emotion again. And uh, he goes downstairs into TGI Fridays and there's all skateboards and shit on the walls and pictures of like Snoopy and stuff. And he plays this Beethoven record on this giant ass phonograph. Where the fuck these people are getting this shit? I have no idea. Also, like my, my one thing was like this scene is cool, but how the fuck does he know how to use a record player? I don't. I, that too. But like also like this is after World War Three. Like it's hard to get a phonograph now. Could you imagine? <laughs> After World War Three, like, this is already a fucking antique. Like, where the fuck did you get this thing? This thing would be worth billions of dollars if the world wasn't... <laughs> they don't give a shit about burning priceless uh, artifacts. Anyway. This shot is cool as fuck, though. When the music starts playing, it starts swelling up, and the camera goes into the uh, the horn on the player, and then it, it pans out. Like, it goes way into, like, the darkness level, and as it's panning out, it's Christian Bale's eyeball. There's a lot of eye shots in this fucking movie. Yeah, and, like, I'm like, wow. I'm like, Kurt Wimmer actually knows how to fucking like he makes some really cool shit in this movie visually yeah but it's like a one-trick pony as far as that goes yeah no no he's like he's like a budget Zack snyder where it's like he has even less grasp on storytelling and uh the same kind of like talent for visual flair right right and it, but like it's just like i don't know like hey that i thing worked let's do it again three other fucking times in the movie well he did, but he did a lot of weird shit like like close-ups that were that kind of made everything feel a little i don't know just cool or like in the beginning when christian bale shoots himself up with the prosium for the first time like you get a very close-up shot of the drug like streamlining into his neck there's good cinematography and then there's just like what the fuck and then there's uh something i'm gonna bring up towards the end which is indefensible but we'll get to it later i know exactly what you're talking about because <laughs> i have it in my notes fucking underlined because anyone who's ever edited anything in their life would be pulling their hair out seeing it but so he's down there and he plays his right he plays his beethoven album and has a complete emotional meltdown i mean as you would i already i do that too when i put on beethoven yeah i'm assuming it's the first time he's ever heard music and had kind of a, a response to it well that's another thing too like this apparently because i thought it was supposed to be like he was that when they show that montage in the beginning of, of like the of like um what is it i keep wanting to say liberia Libria. When they show the the uprising of Libria, I think he's like that little kid. Maybe. I, the, the time window. The time window. Of this movie is weird because it's implying that Christian Bale has been alive. To the point, like, he's been alive long enough so that no one's felt any emotion since his birth. He was born into society. Yeah, he was grown. He, he's grown up in the society and literally hasn't felt anything in his, uh, uh, let's say, just uh, thirty years of life. Right. So to not feel anything. And then to feel all of this at once, like, he must be getting, like, ripped apart inside. Yeah, and a lot of it, like, it, it's... It may seem, like, a little heavy-handed sometimes. Like, the music is, like... I just, some people can be like, yeah, whatever, but, like, the rain... When he goes and scratches, like, the cellophane shit off his window, like... Oh, and he sees the rainbow? If you've never felt anything in your whole life and you suddenly looked out and saw a rainy cityscape with a rainbow, you wouldn't know how to... F you would be like, what the fuck? Blow your fucking mind! The imagery is actually cool there, too, because, like, this city is neutrals out the ass. Like, everybody wears black, white, or gray, and everything is black, white, or gray. Or, like, washed-out blues and tans, and it's... If you even want to call them that... <laughs> But then he sees this rainbow and every, the whole entire city is like in color. And like, I, I, I think his character actually goes on a pretty interesting like uh, journey yeah. because you have like the beginning of the movie, Stone Cold Killer, doesn't see there's anything wrong with it. Then you have the, you know, he forgets to take his medication and he starts to kind of slowly come around. And then somewhere while the, the series of things happen, he starts to kind of out himself. He has a raid with uh, Brant. 
you know, they find uh, the woman, uh, what was her name? Mary. Mary. Mary O'Brien. Mary O'Brien. And, you know, they find this kind of like, you know, almost like a a room that was just hidden behind a wall that she has all this antique stuff in. Emily Watson, by the way, who's a fantastic actress. Com- criminally fucking underused in this movie, but super powerful in all her scenes. That's why I said before, like this movie is chock full of like actors who like you look at me and go, oh yeah, they're that's they're legitimate. I love her. I love Angela's ashes, by the way. So that scene happens, and of course, you know, Brant he goes, to, you know, Brant. What's what, what's the actor's name? You keep saying Tate Diggs. Uh, he goes to shoot her because obviously that's their job. And Christian Bale kind of like pushes the gun away and says, no, no, we're going to interrogate her, which is legitimate because he's like, oh, we got to figure out where all the rebels are, so keep her alive, right, don't kill. Also- that's the thing. Like feeling or not, Christian Bale's character is making a good point. Like, why are we exterminating these people when we can just ask them, hey, like, hey. Where's the resistance at? And then we can just cut the head off this snake right away. You know, they have the raid. He has that emotional experience. And then he goes to interview her. And I, and I think that's a pretty interesting scene. He kind of interviews her a few times throughout the movie. And each time he's a little bit more... Uh, he wants awful. to fuck her a little bit more and more. <laughs> Which is kind of fucked up. She does ask him that question. She's like, why are you alive? He's like, I exist to do my job. And she's like, yeah, you live a circular existence. It's fucking pointless. And he's like, where do you live? And he's like, to feel. And he's like, oh, I haven't been laid in like 20 years. Yeah, and for a movie that's seemingly like just not... I mean, if people are aware of it, don't talk about it. The line she says about every breath is a is a just a ticking of a clock. That has come up in so many other places. I'm like, I didn't know this many fucking people were aware of equilibrium. I feel like it's deeper than that. Like it's somewhere else. It could be. It's in Sean Bean's poem book, probably. <laughs> Since later in the movie, you find out that they were a fucking couple. It kind of makes sense because, like, Christian Bale, as he becomes more emotional and, and in tune with his feelings, like, he starts to realize, like, holy shit, that was my fucking wife, and they took her and they burned her at the stake like a fucking witch. And I stood there like a statue. Yeah, he didn't get to properly grieve, so we'll get we'll get to that later, but go ahead. Okay, this is where, I'm not sure where, because the, there's so many action sequences, I forget where exactly they fall in line, but, like, do we, when was the dog sequence we go back to that now i just wanted to get the point in about uh mary before we get too far away from that but sean was right that comes right before that one too because this is where he really gets into the feeling uh so after that interrogation i thought this was cheap but effective i was like ah this isn't gonna it kind of bothered me watching it and you that shit usually doesn't bother me so after the 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 ludwig van beethoven record he um I don't know what the fuck that accent was, but anyway. Ooh, you Christopher Lambert? Ah, Christopher Lambert. Ah, Ludwig. Ah, so he goes outside and he sees the dogs. <laughs> he goes outside and he sees the dogs. They're like, oh, oh what the fuck is these, what are these animals in, in, in a pen for? Like, why do they keep, what, do they eat these things? I don't get it. Which is a weird thing to me because, like, I'm sorry, dogs have been present in human society for thousands of years. You're telling me it's been long enough for us to forget what the fuck dogs were used for? It just occurred to me, what the fuck are they eating? Eating in Libria. <laughs> like, is it Soylent Green? It is, isn't it? It probably is Soylent Green. Yeah, that's why we have to keep fucking shooting up these rebels. They're like, yeah, they're fucking, yeah, they're holding us down. Meanwhile, we're eating the fucking corpse of these people in the form of liquid diet. Prosium is people! <laughs> Meanwhile, the rebels are eating chicken fingers and french fries. <laughs> oh, man, they're ha- they're eating rat burgers and shit. Hey, come on, man. There's a McDonald's. They missed with the bombs down the road. Let's be honest. They're fucking eating some of those dogs. Of course they are. Just not all of them. By the way, these thugs in these movies, I'm just going to call them the thugs, the, the infantry, they're the most vocal, dispensable henchmen I've ever seen. They have a quip and a line and something to say about everything. And they look like the fucking soldiers from Spaceballs. Sorry, sir, I'm doing my best. <laughs> they look like what's-his-face in Nugger Salad 2, the fucking the, the bomber who's on rollerblades. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're so happy to be there. 
They're like, yeah, fuck it. I, I want to go kill some shit. Like, man, this is great. Oh, we're out here. We're doing God's work. I love killing these living things. And like, it's they do it in a really effective way where like, you don't see any dogs get shot, but like every gunshot, there's a whimper. And then it just cuts to Bale's face and he's just getting progressively more disgusted and uncomfortable. Yeah, he keeps like wincing every time. Yeah. And then like this little tiny Burmese mountain dog puppy runs up to him. Yes, I work at an animal hospital. Good on you because I didn't know what kind of dog that was, but he was cute as hell. I think it's a puppy Burmese mountain dog. And that thing will become a monster. <laughs> Those dogs are massive. Uh, so this thing runs up to him. He picks it up and he's just looking at it and like, ah, put it back. We'll shoot it. And he's like, uh, uh, uh no, we should, uh, mm, uh, test them. Yes. And then awkwardly walks away. Oh, yeah. Tested for diseases. And then Brant gives him one of those, like, faces like, ah, yeah, okay, bullshit. And then, yep. And then Brant's like, yeah, I see you bullshit. <laughs> Sniffs his own fart. He's like, hey, man, are you sure you're not feeling anything? <laughs> you sure? You positive? Him being very full of himself is very important. Uh, it's so stupid. <laughs> So, Bale takes his dog, and then, like, I think we, like, a few minutes later, he's driving it back to the nethers to, I think, release it again. Yeah, well, he's pulling a Sean, he's pulling a Sean Bean, he's like, yeah, I have, uh, I have stuff to do out there, uh, official business. And the guy's like, alright, go ahead, get it, get it, go on. It's weird, because, like, everyone in this movie who is found guilty of sense offensing or is, or is feeling and hiding it, they're making the exact same decisions. And it's only been, what, like, a day? Two days? Yeah. Since that's, this whole, the Sean Bean thing happened? Yeah, and, like, they're, they're, they're echoing dialogue, which either is lazy writing, or just kind of interesting repetition i think because of like how deep they're trying to make the other shit they're like oh i don't want to lose the audience or whatever but it's ham-fisted like a motherfucker so he goes out to free this dog and he's like i don't know what to do with you get out of here and then he's kind of set upon by some libria guards who are uh, the one is is chewing up scenery left and right it's a pretty good scene but again like his helmet is cool as shit <laughs> He's like, you sure that you sure you sure you're not feeling anything? Cause uh, I think I hear a fucking dog in your trunk. You sure? You sure, buddy? They also like, I like how they, they roll up and they're like, they're like, who are you? Identification. Blah blah. blah. They're like threatening to shoot him, and like he's like, I'm John Preston. And then like the dude takes three inches forward to him, shines a flashlight when there's already dozens of flashlights on him already, and goes like, oh, I didn't recognize you. I'm like, motherfucker, you're standing two feet away. How do you not? <laughs> Wait, as a matter of fact, it is him. Oh man, sorry, the lighting was hiding your features. We're emoting left and right. Like he, the guy is obviously aggressive and angry they search his car and then like he nearly gets away and then the dog barks and they uh, go to attack him and then christian bale does several ridiculous things over the span of a few seconds oh man this is a good scene though <laughs> he fought what is the fucking he like there's two dudes with shotguns aimed at his left and right and he does this weird kind of uh whirly do thing and spins both shotguns back in both men's faces and shoots them in the face yeah the guy's like oh shit and then he gets his fucking face blown off one of them's like shit the other one goes fuck i'm like i didn't need to hear any of them talk yeah but they're not supposed to because obviously they're scared yeah um he blows them away which again more interest like they don't use blood it's just like the image of like a helmet being shattered and like just debris flying everywhere i'm like realistically those dudes are are pudding it's a giant blood spray too i mean it, the the close proximity of that fucking assault rifle to that guy's face everyone would be covered in brains he does get bloody later and he does get blood all over him but yeah it's like the only time it's used copiously. I use that term generously. They're definitely substituting it with, like again, like you said, like Dustin and uh, shards of the helmet, which is totally cool because it looks neat. It, it does. It looks cool. Um, and then Bale does this shooting star press off of a motorcycle after he unsheaths two pistols from his sleeves, which is cool as shit, by the way. <laughs> 
It is cool as shit, though. Like, I'm like, oh, this is fucking sweet. And then he jumps and backflips, shoots two dudes in the face, lands in the middle of six others who all stand there helplessly as Christian Bale shoots about 15 rounds into each of them with his gun martial arts. Here's yeah. my question. Why doesn't anybody ever duck when he gets into that pose? Okay, yeah, I was just, when I say helplessly, no one ever defends himself in this movie. It's like, oh, God, attention, Grammarton, cleric, I better stand here like an opossum. And they're so fucking close together, like, around him. Like, you even see them with their guns, and they're just, like, firing wildly in a circle. <laughs> Anybody could stand in the circle of these guys and shoot them in the fucking face. He's like sprays these people with like, I don't even like probably close to a hundred bullets collectively. He has a lot of bullets in those fucking pistols. He has so many bullets in those guns. But I'm like, what is that? Like a 15 cartridge magazine? I don't know. It's like, it's like the gun from Robocop, but like a little more like streamlined, I guess. Like it's a, it's an obnoxious looking pistol with a ridiculous uh, magazine size. And like the, the muzzle flare is cool as shit because if you know the muzzle flare is the tetragrammaton symbol it's really interesting it just dawned on me now that like they actually show him towards the end of the movie like one of the last scenes him reload the guns within his wrist so i was like where the fuck is he getting all these bullets from and i'm like oh it's so quick yeah he has these like these mechanisms attached to his wrist that load the guns for him and that's pretty fucking neat dude i don't care what you say that's cool as fuck and then he saves the dog obviously which is like a very earned feel-good moment. I'm like, if I'm gonna shoot seven people over a dog... <laughs> He's obviously feeling something. Also, I, w I probably would shoot seven people over a dog if they were being that kind of a shit. Yeah, well, also, he doesn't want to die either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they would have took him in and he would have, you know... So he takes his dog back to Libria, and then, uh, is this where the Resistance subplot begins to bubble up? Pretty much. I mean, I think he goes, and what does he do next? He rips his fucking mirror off his wall and starts putting his prosium behind the mirror. He's piling up there, which is weird, because, like, I don't know, why don't you just, like, shatter the fucking tubes and drop them down your sink? Why don't you just flush it down the fucking right. toilet? Yeah. Said <laughs> stash them somewhere so someone can find them. Right. Then he goes and he sees Mary again. You know, he has... Well, actually, before that, he goes and he gets uh, Sean Bean's body pulled out of the morgue because he wants to see, like, what it looks like. And he's kind of, like, reflecting on what he did. He's like, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I did this. You know, right as the mortician walks in. Yeah, but I thought he fucking burned the body. Didn't they show the, the Sean Bean's body going into the fucking incinerator? I think right after this scene they do. No, that was the dream he had. Oh. The dream is is of his last words and the incinerator. Because I was like, what the fuck? I thought Sean Bean was already burned. Like, what? what is he doing there? He's awfully well-preserved, I can tell you that much. Yeah, but why the fuck? He's been laying on this slab for fucking four days. Like, why hasn't he been put in the goddamn incinerator? You don't need to figure out cause of death. There's a big bullet hole in his throat. So then, uh, you know, uh, Preston, he starts going through uh, Partridge's uh, belongings and he finds these uh, pictures. Which should have been burned with all of the other shit that's supposed to be illegal. Exactly. But uh, he goes in there and he finds a picture on the back of it says freedom so then he uh he goes to mary in the interrogation room he goes ah oh, tell me all you know about uh partridge oh i don't know who you're talking about you know they live in a pear tree yeah <laughs> oh god that was bad yeah it was <laughs> the picture is is mary and partridge together clearly a couple and which is even weirder because then shortly thereafter they're basically like giving each other the eye like right after she's like yeah you don't know who he was he's like actually i'm the one that killed him and she goes to like 
kill him with a fucking pencil or something. Yeah. This is the first time that, like he actually like touches her, and he's like, "Oh my god, your fucking breasts are amazing." Yeah, and just walks away all awkward. And he's just like, "I gotta go take a shower." Yeah. Well, no, that's not a shower. He's got to go practice his fucking katana skills. Oh yeah, here we go. And then we have Tay Diggs worshiping the ground he walks on again. Christian Bale's like sparring by himself with like a, like a training sword. Out of nowhere, Tay Diggs like pops in and goes like, "Hey man, you feeling anything? What's up?" He's like, "Hey man, I know about all that shit that happened last night where you killed a bunch of fucking people. You feeling anything yet?" I'm be sly about it and just kind of be, you know, be you know, weird and, you know, kind of obnoxious about it. And he's like, I have some theories, but they're premature right now. I'm like... I'm like, this motherfucker's gonna bring him down somehow. But Christian Bale plays a cool as shit. Like, to his defense, like, the script, I mean, like, it's kind of like the way that he talks around the shit, like, even though it's obvious and he should already be killed or processed or what have you, but, like, he makes, like, point and they're, they're kind of just like, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, I get it. You sure you're not feeling anything, though? The problem is Christian Bale is frequently the smartest guy in the room in this movie. Everyone else is really stupid. Even the guy who, like, invented the fucking government on which this whole thing is based based upon. Uh, and they have this little sparring sequence and Tay Diggs keeps sniff his own farts and then they kind of end it with like a little, a little draw like Tay Diggs has what could be a killing blow and Bale's trading sword is at his balls. And we're all fucking laughing our asses off. Ha ha! Dicks. Then Diggs goes up, by the way, I actually just came here to tell you we're going on a raid. <laughs> It's again where he comes in. He's like, we're going to kill more civvies. I'm excited. This is that weird cut that I was referring to before. Like, it's them. and But then it thrusts us, like, right in the middle of it. Like, not even, like, you would think there's, like, resistant fighters, like, playing poker or some shit. And then, like, a fucking, uh, like, a, a giant tank bursts through the wall or something. But, like, there's no setup. Like, we're right in the middle of this giant tank, like, in the middle of this facility. And in this fucking meth lab. Yeah, it's the scene from RoboCop. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fucking cocaine uh, factory scene. I love that, like, every scene that takes place in the nether is just, like, it's just an apartment that hasn't been finished yet. It's like there's just spackle on the walls and, like, fucking, like, shit that's not finished and tarps everywhere. I'm like, I get you guys had a budget, but come on. Well, it's supposed to be, like, post-apocalyptic Besi- besides this main city. It's where, like, the, uh, that dude comes in the corner and Tay Dig shoots him and Bale catches him and there's blood all over his hands. And he's like, fucking shit, that guy just died. And yeah. he's like, oh, dude, I've been doing this for how long? Oh, my God. And then, uh, you know, they're going through with the fire hoses on the tank and gunning down everybody that works in this place. And uh, Preston, he, he sees a bunch of guys, and he's kind of like... He sees a bunch of pirates, because that's what they right. all look like. <laughs> Yar, yeah. what are you saying? All of, them, all of them have pirate mustaches and hair. They do. And then uh, he basically is like, yeah, you need to get the fuck out of here. And they're all like, yeah, bullshit, we're going to turn around, you're going to shoot us. He's like, no, you need to leave now, or you're going to die. And none of them believe him, of course. I do love the line where he's like, he's like, they'll shoot us in the back, and he's like, if I was going to shoot you, I'd shoot you in the face. I'm like, that's a very persuasive argument. <laughs> Like, you see all these people just getting gunned down with no questions, and this guy's like, hey, get the fuck out of here. Obviously, you know that these are cold-blooded killers. Like, they're not gonna fucking wait for you to turn around. So Bale starts escorting these dudes out, and then they're set upon by some more SWAT thugs. Motorcycle uh, soldiers, I'm calling them. They're just trench coats with helmets. They have no discernible features. They look like the garbage men from fucking Mario Brothers movies. <laughs> And, like, again, like, Christian Bale dominates these poor motherfuckers. He, like, clotheslines the shit out of the first one. Um, and then some more uncomfortable limb snapping happens. But he doesn't shoot any of them. He, like, has these fucking butts that come out of... The, these little spikes that come out of the bottom of the butts of his guns. And he just fucking beats the shit out of them. And pistol whips, like, eight people to death. <laughs> 
And this, and then he breaks that fucking dude's arm, and it like pops out, and it literally like you. He breaks his arm like four times. Like you hear it go, like as it cracks open, and like it just blood shoots out of it. That's after he snapped the dude's knee by walking up and just stepping on the side of his leg. I'm like, for a dude who's really feeling kind of shitty about killing people, he just fucked that dude's day up. The fight scenes are really cool. My biggest problem with all of these is like you get like that one or two shots of like really really bad CGI, and you're like, what the fuck? Why did you even do that? And then, like, what is with the slow-mo? It shot at, like, regular speed, and they, like, slowed it down. It looked like, um, stop-motion animation. Yeah, because they shot it, I guess, at 24 frames, and then slowed that down rather than shooting it, like, at a higher frame rate and making it, like, cool. That's what The Matrix got right. It just, Yeah, and it just looks choppy as shit and looks weird and looks really amateur. It just looks stupid. Like, yeah, because it's like, oh, this action scene's cool, and then all of a sudden, it just cheapens it, like, fucking immediately, and you're like, oh, that looks like ass. So after he pistol-weeps his dudes to death, he kind of escorts these guys. Well, he, no, he goes to find these resistance fighters, and they've already been cornered and put up a wall to, for Tay Diggs to enjoy killing them. Um, this is the most confusing plot point of the movie, the gun switch. You think this is the most confusing one? This is one of the most confusing things about the movie, because you're like, wait, how did this, why did this, wait, hold on, whose gun was where? This I can see happening. It's it's another part that we'll get to that was the most confusing for me. Well, I don't think it's confusing per se, because I guess the idea being, you know, basically the scene is, Brand, uh, you know, he hands him his his gun to uh, Preston saying, hey, you know, why don't you kill him? Like, you should have the honors, kind of trying to test to see if he's actually, like, emotional or not. And in the scene, you know, Preston says, nah, you know, after thinking about it for a few minutes, he hands back the gun. But he hands him his gun, not the gun that Brant had handed him. And I guess the... Uh, yeah, my thing is, like, they're standing a foot apart. Like, Brant didn't see what hand he put the gun in or something like that. Like, they're not... Right, okay, I, I, I can get behind that. But I guess the logic being that because he killed all those people, I, they just they look at the gun later on in the movie and they're like, oh, shit, this is the one that killed everyone. Yeah, yeah. A big plot point is that Christian Bale's a magician from The Prestige. So it's a little sleight of hand, you know what I'm saying? Okay, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot the, the Christian Bale multiverse. They're all connected, man. He's also Batman, so this also makes sense. That's what he does out in the fucking, uh, in the nether at night. Oh my god, both movies have a nether. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like on top of buildings going, Oh, I'm gonna fucking... I don't feel anything. I don't feel it. Um, so then, like, Tay Diggs, he's like, Tay Diggs lakes, takes the gun back, and they gun down these resistance fighters again. All you really see of resistance fighters in this movie are getting just fucking destroyed. They're not developed, like, at all, except that they have, like... No, they're, they're meat bags to get shot. Except they're trying to, like, they keep trying to build TGI Friday. <laughs> in, like, basement. They keep trying to fucking build the Shenanigans franchise. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> what's that place with, like, all the shit on the walls? <laughs> shenanigans! And it's, it's, it is kind of all that crap, too. It's like, why do you have a pair of skis from 1932 where are they getting this shit <laughs> was there like a time capsule that exploded after the fucking bombs went off <laughs> they found the nickelodeon time capsule um there's a fucking there's a walkman in there th okay this is where he goes to dupont and he's like i'm ready to be your weapon against the resistance and dupont's like i heard a rumor that somebody's feeling i'm like wow just come out and say it you and fucking brand i heard a rumor yeah well he's the only person that's telling him by the way there has been multiple spaceball soldiers that have seen him feeling things and they haven't said shit and then you get the biggest the biggest red flag for dupont's characters as he's giving this speech about people feeling and stuff like that he's like well done they show a close-up of his hand kind of stroking the table um which is like made of like marble or some shit it's really it's like kind of like ridiculous uh uh material and then he slams the table and has an outright fit I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah, he's feeling. That's anger. <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned the hand thing because I totally forgot. But, like, when Christian Bale starts to feel, 
He like literally feels everything that he comes in contact with. He does. <laughs> he's just like he walks. He, he's just like, hi. You get it yet? You get it yet? I'm touching all this shit. He walks up and just like touches their face. Like, excuse me. He's like, I'm sorry. It's just a new experience for me. He's touching faces. He's touching handrails. Like he's touching scene in hook with the kid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there you are, Christian. <laughs> yeah. Then he's like, I'm gonna go find the resistance, and then he does. <laughs> Apparently, it's behind a bookshelf. Well, no, it's behind a bookshelf that says, do not touch. And his his solution to this is more violence as he grabs this poor librarian, intimidates him, threatens his life, and then chucks him through a wall. I was just laughing at the fact that he, like, walks into this dude. He's like, he's like, hi, welcome to my bookshop. And oh, just gets throttled by this fucking angry guy with a concrete perm. Yeah, he grabs me. He's like, he's like, he's like ah, do you know Danny Bonaducci? And he fucking throws him through the wall. <laughs> And then he starts saying shit like, I'll take you to the Hall of Destruction. I'm like, okay. Silly term number two or four. I lost track. Hall of Destruction sounds like a pro wrestling term or a metallic album. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's the hammiest shit. I picture like dudes looking like Legion of Doom. Where's the Hall of Destruction, dude? We're the Hall of Destruction, brother, and we're coming for you. Just like 80s wrestling promos where everyone's just taking deep breaths. Yeah, a lot of coke. <laughs> yes. Uh, and like he just he throws this librarian through a fucking wall and steps through it. He's like, "Aha! I found the resistance." And it's just William Fickner. <laughs> yeah, William Fickner's there. He's like, "Hey, how you doing? I'm the resistance. I'm Jurgen the resistance." And you're like, "That fucking guy? We've seen him like three other times." And he's like, "You might not know it yet, but we're the closest thing right under. We're right under the noses. We're right under the city." So we're we're all mixed in, and uh, we let other people feel, and then uh, we feel too, but we we hide it. And you're pretty good at it too. So why don't you why don't you join the resistance with us? What what do you say? Which is the funny thing is he's terrible at hiding it. Oh, he's awful. And then, oh, they give him like a polygraph test, and they do some like emotional stimulus, and they're like Mary, and then his like the needle starts spinning, and then like he's like he's like yeah, the scent of her perfume, blah blah blah. And this is where he's tasked to kill father, isn't it? Yeah. And then we strap in everybody because the ending flies at you fast. <laughs> So these fuckers are hiding under the city like chuds on holiday. <laughs> we are thrown through so many different scenes, like you said. So he goes to see Mary, and he's like, yeah, uh, you're hot, and I, I feel sexual feelings towards you. And she's like, It's oh basically my- demolition, man. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean? Like, the whole thing where, like, every, I, I mean, just, like, everyone's, like, not, it's not as bad with the emotion stuff, but, like, everyone's, like, oh, you know, we don't do this, that, and the other thing, oh, and then oh, this guy oh, yeah, shows well, yeah. up, and now it's, like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I would want it. Like, they don't traditionally do, th- like, they don't do things in a way that, that's physical or anything Yeah, like and that. I mean, I could even go even deeper with the whole resistance thing, but I'll yeah. leave it at that. Yeah, <laughs> Okay, so he goes to see Mary one more time, and I think he goes home and watches the footage of his wife being incinerated, and he's, like, he's, like, wow, I didn't even react. He's, like, I'm gonna... I'm going to go in my kid's room and take this shit away from them. Like, they need to start feeling. And, uh, you know, I don't want them to be blind to this anymore. So he goes in the draw and his son, like, rolls over and he's like, what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing in there? And he's like, uh, I was just checking to make sure you had your prosium in there. Like, he's like, ah, well, is it there? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, okay, good. Well, get the fuck out. And he's like, yep, well, I'll see you later. And the kid's like, good night, dad. And I was like, wait a minute. And yeah, there it is. That's when you get like, it's him and his daughter are not are not taking the drugs. Yeah, but I totally thought the kid was baiting him. Oh. Like everybody was against him. You know what I mean? Like, cause I thought he was, I thought that was going to be the twist. Like he's like, yeah, good night, dad. And he's like, wait a minute. You call yeah, me dad. Night, that would get a huge response out of me too. Call yeah. Me good night, Ollie. Good night, Stanley. <laughs> not you too, Ollie. <laughs> 
he uh, he's back at work and he sees uh, basically uh, you know he's supposed to do this hit on father, but uh, he sees that Mary's now going to be uh, exterminated, and he kind of has a little bit of a moral conflict in his head, and he kind of makes the decision that no, I'm going to save Mary. And he runs off. He's, like, running through the building, like, full speed. No one stops him. How do they not have cameras anywhere? Like, when they're touching each other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. the interrogation scenes? Which is which is weird, because early in the movie, he has a camera on her he's watching from his desk. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> and, and, like, like what I guess what I'm saying is, like, he's feeling left and right all over this place. And, like, he's in the fucking interrogation room, like, feeling. I guess that would be almost, like, the biggest plot hole in the movie would just yeah. be that. Like, the only people watching the footage of things happening are, like, the characters that will have no repercussions to them. Or maybe they don't give a fuck either. They're just like, oh, whatever. Yeah. I don't give a shit. My life sucks. Um, <laughs> but then he, you know, he gets there and then apparently it's a trap. Like, they set it up. They knew he would do that. And then he kind of tries to, like... Well, wait. It's not a trap. When he goes to the incinerator? Right. No, he 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 tries to stop it. And then he gets there and she, they're like, no, it's too late. We can't open the door. We'll blow this whole building up. And then so, like, it's he misses the moment to say goodbye or grieve or save her. And then just, like, she gets incinerated and then he goes outside and, and collapses and cries. And breaks down. Yeah, because, uh, again, like Connor said, like, he watches the video of his wife get incinerated. Oh, right. And okay. he's, like, doesn't feel anything. He's like, what the fuck's wrong with me? So he... Again, like, he never got to properly grieve over that, even though he, like, feels about it so much. Even when he was taking the prosium, like, he still had dreams about it. Like, he felt guilty about it. I just want to say one thing about the way these people get burned. You you get dressed up in, like, a fucking red robe, and you get burned like a fucking witch. Like, she looks... <laughs> Like a witch from, like, the 1600s. It's it's weirdly, like, it, it's both industrialized and ceremonial. I'm like, none of this is necessary. No. <laughs> it's not even like she gets burned in the fucking cape and hood. She just takes it off and walks into the room and they close the door. Yeah. Anyway, so she gets burned and uh, he finally, uh, again, he finally um, gets to, to grieve, per se. It's really, it's kind of sad. Yeah, he just, he walks outside in public and just, like, just melts down. Breaks down in the middle of the street. And then here comes Tay digs he's like my farts smell good and punches christian bale in the face he's like i'm gonna make my career off you and then drags him into the tetragrammaton hall and he's like and he he does this fucking grandstanding speech where again just sniffing his own flatulence pounding his chest like i did it i caught him i'm the best man in the world the pride and the aggression coming off this guy is staggering for a society that's not supposed to feel anything if anything in a rational society that was structured like this you'd see a man coming in gorilla pounding his chest and going, wow, I'm so good. And this dude who's on the ground with a bloody mouth, like, just like, get him off me. It's like, no, that guy who caught him is definitely the one we should be looking at right now. Well, they, again, he's they're supposed to be shot, like, incredulously, like, no matter yeah. what. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at this point, because cause the father's just like, yeah, we're not going to put anybody on trial anymore and burn them. We're just going to shoot them in the fucking face. So, uh, yeah, anybody who's accused of uh, sense crimes is getting shot right in the head. So, technically, both of these guys should be dead. Yes. So then he, he drags him to father, well, not father, he drags him to DuPont, and he has this, again, he's grandstanding and just, like, being a fucking teacher's pet. And then he brings it up to DuPont, and then, uh, somehow the, uh, the, ma the, the night the guards were killed by pressing gets brought up, and, uh, he's like, and Tay Diggs is like, oh, yeah, we'll just run his pistol, we'll tell you it was there that night. And they're like, uh, yeah, your pistol was there that night. And he's like, oh, well, shit. I thought that was cool, and I was like, oh, shit. Kinda okay, because I was like, how the fuck is Christian Bale gonna get out of this one? Yeah, who's basically already prepared for it and just, like, is already smirking at him and then tay diggs has another fit where he's like i'm not the one who's feeling i'm like that's paradoxical because look at you and christian bale's just like yeah i'm, I'm fine uh, christian bale's like haha i'm a zombie and look at you and then this is how he gets the audience with father because i guess it's made its way back to dupont that 
Preston has found the resistance. I don't know how. DuPont's just like, yeah, I got a dove today. It says you found the resistance guy. Which which should have kind of set something off in Preston's head that maybe he's kind of just making this shit up just to kind of catch him in a fucking trap. He even tells him nobody sees the father. No matter how close you are. Right, and then Preston, well, what if I brought you the resistance? Yeah, ex- right. I don't know, like, I, maybe I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Oh, that's right, okay. So that's, how, yeah, that's how he earns his audience with Father, I guess. Yeah, then so he goes back to his house, and the uh, the sense police are raiding his apartment just because, you know, suspicion. Well, they did it because he was like, yeah, even though you bought the mole in for the resistance, but I'm still going to go search your house. Are you okay with that? And he's like, you got to do what you got to do. And so he runs home. And he checks his mirror, and his stash of hidden drugs is gone. And then his son, once again, Ninja, appears behind him. Oh, he opens the bathroom door, and I'm like, oh, shit, it's the fucking dude. He's a spooky motherfucker. And then he's the one who took the drugs, because he apparently has been off the drugs for a long time, as well as his sister. And they've been off of them since their mother was killed. Which is crazy, and doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And I didn't expect it. And I'm like, wait a second, this kid's gonna rat him out, and he's fucked, and he's gonna have to shoot his way out of here and, like, kill his son. <laughs> I'm sure he was just gonna fucking shoot his son in the face. I mean, with the, the level of violence in this movie, it wouldn't be kind of out of character for for him to just, like, dropkick his son through a window. But when he takes the handful out and shows him, I was like, he's fucked. And then, at the end of the conversation, I was like, oh, okay, so he's not gonna rat on him? All right. It's a weird plot thread that just, like, like when I said this ending comes at you fast... They just start tying up plot threads left and right. They're like, we gotta go, we gotta go, we go. And I found out why years ago when I watched this movie, I watched it with commentary because I had that kind of time. They couldn't do the fucking six hour cut? Kurt Wimmer said that as they shot it in sequence and as they were approaching the ending, the budget was starting to dry up. Oh no. So they just started to like fucking quickly rewrite things to make it more streamlined. Well, the the end certainly feels that way. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even think Christian Bale has a fucking line of dialogue after the fucking father scene. He says a few things and that's it. Like he basically gets this like ceremonial garb and like he goes to visit father and he's in this like white suit and they bring him to, I guess the, you know, the palace or the fuck it is. And he has to, well, he has to have a test. He has to have a polygraph test. Yeah. He's at the polygraph test. Cause they got to make sure that he's not feeling anything. It's a trap. They basically kind of pull the curtain back. DuPont shows up on screen. He's like, ha Father's been dead for years. Oh, but this pissed me off too. Cause Brant's there and he's like, ha ha. Gotcha. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? He says that thing. He's like, I told you I'd make my career off you. This is like the third time he said it so far. Smiling his fucking ass off, just walking away thinking how great he is. So you want to know then, you know, Connor, you were saying, and even Joe, that, okay, well, how the hell did this guy not see him switch the guns? Well, maybe he did, and he just fucking went along with it because it was all part of their plan anyway. Yeah, but then DuPont's like, this was my plan the whole time. Was to bring you to my palace where the, the most trained assassin in the city can have free reign over everybody. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, yeah, yeah I, I brought you here because I needed somebody on the inside that can feel and think like them, but why would he work for you? And then he's like, yeah, I, I got you to hand over your weapon, and now what are you going to do, you fucking asshole? And he's like, oh, yeah? He just fucks these dudes up. <laughs> this is the beginning of the most one-sided beatdown in cinema history, Christian Bale has no problems with anybody for the rest of the film, which is about 10 minutes. He clears his room of like four to six people whilst strapped to a chair with guns trained on him. What does he get, like a sword or something from somebody? Or did he have a gun stored in his sleeve again? That's at the end. He's got two guns in his sleeve. Also, by the way, is there only like three clerics? There's just <laughs> Christian Bale, Sean Bean, and Brand. Yeah, where's the other ones? Why, why isn't there? Yeah, is it, or, are they all so fucking incompetent and just like not worth having them around? They're on vacation when they got back woo when they got back it's like that fucking scene from community walked in the apartments on fire like what the fuck happened while we were away could you imagine one of these fuckers on vacation (laughs) 
<laughs> just like sitting in like a sterile looking room again eating play flavored oatmeal i'm having the time of my life my vacation was mediocre i went on half my dose to treat myself but like tyler diggs is supposed to be not his equal per se but like a formidable opponent he's supposed to be like a sly fox like he's trained like he is a cleric he should be able to kind of match Bale. I mean, obviously Bale's going to win, but like. But Bale has one thing that Brent he has does emotion. Not. There you go. I guess. Okay, so Bale leaves this room and then goes into a hallway, just fucking turns like 30 guards into shredded cheese. He shoots the shit out of them. Out of everybody. The magazines that get loaded from his sleeves and like at some point he like rolls these two magazines that have these kind of spherical bottoms so they can kind of like, they just kind of sit there. Yeah, I thought they were bombs. You're like, what the fuck is that for? And then you forget about it for a couple seconds and then he gets to that point in the room and slams his pistols down on them and has more ammunition. I'm like, okay. Bravo. That was cool. <laughs> Weebles wobble, but they do not fall down. Yeah, and then slaps them in, and all of a sudden has more firepower and just fucking destroys these people. He does like a flip over this rifle and shoots the shit out of the guards on both sides of the door. Like the main door, like the boss door. This is where anyone who's ever edited in their life will have a fucking meltdown. He shoots two people in a few seconds. There's like five cuts involved, and one of the cuts has both guards standing absolutely still after they've been shown to be in motion, just basically ready for the cue, and then they just get swibbed up and fall down. It is fucking jarring. <laughs> because they had to put something in there like, oh, we didn't show those guys get shot. We have to have 17 cuts of these guys getting riddled with bullets. And then, so he walks into, like you said, the boss room which is decadently decorated it's got like fucking red carpet and floors the ceiling looks like a cathedral he's got a nice ass table beautiful columns and curtains and you're like oh okay who doesn't who doesn't love a round room what i got of this is like okay emotions are probably for the wealthy and the powerful and that's it that's what happens they they it's just like it's just like fucking animal farm you know what i mean you don't want to drink whiskey that shit's bad for you Meanwhile, I was just going to say, it's even, it even goes further than that, because it's not even just rich people. It's like this one dude's the only one allowed to have this yeah. this kind of uh, system, because, uh, hello, apparently the guy in charge isn't fucking taking his meds. The public guy in charge doesn't even exist. No, do as I say, not as I do. Well, he did exist. And then he died. No, long, no longer exists. And now this dude is sitting there. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm in charge. And he's like, ah, every, you know, every, even even in this kind of society, that's a political puppet. <laughs> so these six goobers running Christian Bale with swords. Oh, my God. No, wait, they, they hold on a second. He steps out and I'm like, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to we're going to have a kind of a lengthy battle between him and Brant. And then these fucking guys step out from behind the pillars. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Virtua cop. Yeah. Like it, they're all dudes with katanas. And uh, this one guy that's standing right in front of him growls at Christian Bale. <laughs> He's like, uh. and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? And then these dudes get jobbed out in about a couple seconds. Oh, he fucks these dudes up. He destroys six people. He kills one of them with a sword holder. He kills him with a hilt. That's how horribly he dominates these people. It's pretty cool because like one of them swings at him and he blocks it with the hilt and then it like it like splinters and then he fucking stabs somebody with it. Stabs somebody with it. And okay, and this is where my smelling his own fart stuff is leading to because Brant laughs, smiles, picks his sword and goes, Mind the uniform, cleric, I plan to wear it for a long time, and then gets fucking jobbed out 
in three moves and is disposed of like absolute trash. This dude spends the whole film talking up how fucking good he is and acting like he's the shit and then gets literally stepped on and stepped over. Which was kind of amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, it's hysterical. Kind of cool, but at the same time, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, like they, when they were sparring, I was like, oh, again, like he's going to be some kind of formidable opponent. Nope. And Bale just fucks him up in three moves. Three moves. It's like super, super anime. It's it's like it's like the hero and the bad guy have like that first fight where like they're like struggling and then the second fight happens and then just like one or the other just totally dominates him because it's like, oh, up, he dodges a swing, he slashes his wrist, which we learned in a couple seconds, disarmed him, slashes his chest, which probably killed him, and then cuts off his face. Specifically his face. His gun belt falls off, and like his coat, like his, his coat falls off, and then he looks to the side, and the worst fucking CG I've seen in a long time. <laughs> His face just droops off. This is the part that I have underlined because it's like you have this cool ass scene and you just fucked it up <laughs> with this shitty CGI with this shitty like face slide. And it's just like, what the fuck? Why? It falls off like a, a sheet of paper. Like it goes like flip, 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 flip. <laughs> It's so fucking bad. It's so funny looking. Now it's final boss time. Yeah, but it's final boss time if you spent 70 hours grinding and leveling up and walked into the final boss time uh, grossly overleveled. Yeah, <laughs> he's been leveling up for 20 years. <laughs> So I guess the idea, though, like, you know, DuPont, apparently his father, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's, like, the whole big reveal. But, like, earlier in the film, they, they pretty much explained that did, did DuPont actually come up with Gunkata, or is he just proficient in it? It's implied that he is very... Okay, here's the thing. When I said the budget ran out, this is the part they talked about the most. They said DuPont and Preston were supposed to have a knockdown, dragout brawl. It was supposed to be a long, like, competitive fight sequence, and then because they basically were like, ah, we're, we have no money, they decided to do this, which is a kind of a hasty, somewhat clumsy Gunkata duel. It feels like shit. It's two guys slapping guns out of each other's faces. That's all it is. But again, like, in, until you, like, explain that to me, and even now, I don't, I still don't fucking buy it, but, like, this asshole can fight super, super well with this Gunkata shit. It just feels hokey as fuck. Like, it's not choreographed, like, again, like, I guess they didn't have a lot of time, but it doesn't feel choreographed well at all. And there's 78 camera cuts again, like, you're, you're constantly jumping from, like, in the action to, like, someone's left to someone's right, back in, and it's just, it's too much. And I made a, I made a note, I was like, I was like, instead of, instead of having this stupid fucking fight, like, he should have just shot him like he should have been like wait a second don't you don't want to do this i feel blah 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 like the the end part like after all this bullshit happens that should have been the only thing he did walked up and shot him in the chest exactly he should have been like wait i feel and blah 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 and yeah yeah, yeah. and then he should have just fucking lit him right in the fucking head but that's not what happened he, they have this stupid like slap fight with guns and then that happens <laughs> I agree with that, but you also think about, like, you know, they set this Gunkata up the whole movie, and then the last fight is literally him just cutting off Brant's head or face, and then it just ends. Like, I think, like, yes, it's cheesy, and yes, it might not work, but I think that was the way to go. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, they should have had a long fight with Brant. Like, a long fight with Brant, and then shot fucking DuPont. I don't know. I kind of like how hilariously easy Brant is disposed of, because he is... Okay, let's let's add further to his embarrassment. He is killed by a sword in a film that's full of guns. <laughs> like, I was taken aback by that when he comes with the samurai sword. I'm like, what? what is happening here? So they took, like, all the best types of fighting and, like, 
just rolled them all into one. Basically. I did read on Wikipedia that Gunkata was created by the director in his backyard back in the day. I've also heard that too. They say there was science applied to this in math as far as the movie was concerned, but uh, in reality, I think it was just, hey, just, you know, put your arm there, put your arm there, do the hokey pokey. We're playing cops and Gunkatas. It's the director of the Total Recall remake in his backyard with plastic guns, just pointing his arms in different directions. Oh, God, I forgot. Exactly. He also wrote Sphere, by the way. I looked at his IMDb before we started. I was like, shit, he's done a lot more than I thought. And a lot of it is like, like he did like Thomas Crown Affair, which is like one of my dad's favorite films. This is ambitious, but like full of holes. And then you get to Ultraviolet and you're like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> well, like he did, he did Equilibrium and he wrote and directed this movie. And then he wrote and directed Ultraviolet. And those are the only two, f- I think he only directed those two films. He wrote everything else he just had writing credits for. We'll get to that in a minute, though, because this movie hastily finishes up after he kills yeah, okay. Father. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. We're not even at the end yet. So, like, he kills Father, and then all of a sudden, the Resistance just bubbles up and then just runs. By the way, when these Resistance fighters are running up the stairs, no one moves. The armed guards are standing there like, huh, wonder what that's about. And then they get shot. Meanwhile, like, I just want to backpedal a tiny bit. The entire time that Christian Bale's fighting all these guards, Brant, fucking DuPont. He doesn't get a drop of blood on this white suit. So what was the point of wearing a white suit if you're not going to show it get bloody as hell? Well, it does when he does when he when he fights the all the dudes with the katanas. No, that's there's no blood there. The blood is shown afterwards when he goes into that room with all the like the computer monkeys. The people playing Counter-Strike. I think it's just like a, a a goof because I swear to you I remember him slicing one of those dudes up the front and there was a total front spray of blood on that white. There kind of was. There was a few of them. Yeah, and I guess they they him up. But like he goes into this room with like like I said the computer jockeys and like it looks like he has a wound on his neck or right above his or right below his ear that's like dripping into his collar and that's it. But he also has he also has a gun in his hand that he shoots the punt with and then turns around to walk out and he has no guns in his hand. <laughs> and actually, if you look at that see, that scene, you can see Tay digs his face on the floor. No, <laughs> yes, you can. It's, it, it looks like it's made of clay. It, it's like gray putty looking uh, texture. It's hysterical. <laughs> Horseshit! Like, if they just dropped his intestines on the ground, that would have been way, way better. <laughs> but nope, there's this immaculate face. A fucking boss relief. Um, so then he goes in this room, like, shoots all these computers, which I'm assuming are, like, little propaganda machines is what these people are operating. Because, like, each one is spouting off some, like, blah, 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 blah. What, the Perchway? I can't remember his first name. Uh, I don't know. Ah, uh, the, the father. The public face of father. I can't remember his name. He's the son of one of the Doctor Who actors. That's all I remember. And he was in Dog Soldiers and Dog Soldiers Rules. Yes, it does. So he shoots all these computers and, like, kind of goes out in his balcony and looks out the chaos that's happening with Resistance and, like, they're blowing buildings up and shit. And it shows William. Fickner being walked to his execution. He's like, ah, cool, we're gonna win. I'm like, you're about to die, dude. He's handcuffed and being escorted somewhere. I'm like, "Eh, he's fucked. (laughs) He was banking on him killing Father because then all the explosives started going off and then the Resistance fighters came. So Resistance fighters show up, they start gutting people down and then it just closes up on Christian Bale's face. He smiles and the movie ends. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Well, it's almost like, you know, they they fought to try to like, you know, blow up the equilibrium building so that they wouldn't have any more prosium. But like, you're not going to give these cops even like an hour to kind of recover from it you're just gonna blow them away exactly you just fucking shoot every one of them yeah like they didn't have to kill anybody really they could have just blown up the the things because because even Jorgen says that he's like he's like yeah well we just blow up the fucking he's like we'll just blow up the pro the prosium buildings and then let nature do its thing and I'm like okay that kind of makes sense that's a sensible thing yeah there's a fucking shot the shot right before Christian Bale's face comes up and smiles is a sh- it's a wide shot of the city and it is the shittiest 
fucking explosions I've ever seen. They look like gifts that just slapped on top of like a uh, <laughs> like a green screen or some shit. Nothing is exploding. It's just overlays of explosions on the buildings, and you can see the buildings are totally fine, but like not at a full opacity. Yeah, exactly. They're like load, like the opacity is lowered on the fucking explosion. <laughs> what the. F- fuck is happening it's like some shitty rear projection thing if we're, before we talk about where we would put this in the dumpster before i give that i have to say how i discovered this because it's going to affect how i rank it tommy DeMichael, second time he's come up in this show he's gonna be all over this podcast six degrees of tommy DeMichael. he is he's a weird connection to several movies i had never seen before he had like a cousin or a friend who walked up to me with this movie in his hand and he was like he's like you ever seen equilibrium i was like no what the fuck is that he's like it's a movie the bush administration doesn't want you to see and 14 year old me is like oh my god that's the coolest shit i've ever heard let's watch it right now um and as a teenager this was awesome and then years later i found out that the bush administration line was obviously bullshit it's conspiracy dude it was shortly before batman begins came out too that i discovered this and i was like kind of high on christian bale i'd seen american psycho and you know fucking grew up on newsies and shit and i knew he was gonna be batman so i was like fuck i'll watch this loved it and just like the idea this movie is a novelty it's a weird little thing that it, like it's chock full of like really talented actors it's got a lot going on for it and it made zero splash. No, because it got completely overshadowed by The Matrix. Yep. I think this is written off as being just a Matrix knockoff. I think this is like the goodwill of this movie that was kind of generated like a grassroots thing. It's probably what got him ultraviolet in the first place. And then he assassinated all of that goodwill with how fucking dreadful ultraviolet is. Yeah, I mean, you you want to talk about bad CGI, yeah. just watch five minutes of that movie. That fucking movie's a nightmare. I know my terms of ultraviolet review, but that movie is incomprehensible. In the movie dumpster, which is a big, joyous pile of shit that we're going to go through, it's not even in there, it's in the trash. I put it in a tire fire, and we're never going back to it. So yeah, like, I, I was saying before, like, I I only saw this movie one time when it came out, and I, and I remember it being kind of neat, like, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then I went back to watch it now, for, for the show, and I was like, oh, this is going to be a fucking pile of dog shit. And I actually kind of had a good time watching it like oh i had a great time watching this movie again yeah like i wasn't like oh i wasn't like slapping my forehead or like rolling my eyes really there's some cheesy shit in this it's not by any means a good movie but it's not awful like it's a it's a fucking decent way to kill uh what is it like an hour and 45 minutes or some shit like that and it's like and when it whenever it fucks up and does something like kind of stupid or wrong or bad it's never the point where you're like oh fuck this movie you're like oh my god i can't believe that just happened it's it's always entertaining this movie is like when it's not being like kind of successfully deep and kind of multi-layered it's hilariously inept it's, it's so fun to watch it's not unforgivable you know what i mean no like the only indefensible thing is that editing thing at the end that's it everything else is pretty okay it's okay to great which is kind of justified because they had to rush i'm not giving it a free pass but no I'm just hell saying. no no absolutely <laughs> there's not. a reason behind it yeah I feel like I feel like it's like going through the trash and finding this long lost, like I said, a novelty item that you're like, what the fuck is this? This is kind of cool. It's kind of stupid and broken, but it's cool. It's like finding a McDonald's toy in the garbage. <laughs> It's like finding an old Power Rangers McDonald's toy. Yeah, and it's like, oh, I remember that. I used to love that shit. Oh, man. We'd be in Christian Bale's movie. He's Batman. Oh, right. Christian Bale. And Sean Bean and Angus McFadden for five minutes. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I like that analogy because, like, I don't know if it's a surface level. Like, it's not, it's not the top of the dumpster, but you're not digging deep into it either. It's kind of like off to the side, just like maybe covered by a couple of newspapers and dirty diapers. And, you, you <laughs> oh, know, you, I don't know about the dirty diapers. Well, you pull them away. <laughs> you move them away. You know, the dirty diapers is because of the overacting. <laughs>
The Dirty Diapers is all Tay Diggs' performance. Exactly, exactly. And But then you pick it you up. You feeling it yet? You feeling it? <laughs> you get that nice Power Rangers, McDonald's, so you wipe the ketchup off, you give it a nice little look, and you fucking take it home with you and you put it on the shelf. Which is decent. It's fine. I'll take it. Yeah, this movie's perfectly acceptable and, like, it's totally fine. And novelty is the best way to describe it because it's this weird little quagmire in some guy's career, which is kind of sidelined ever since Ultraviolet. Um, it's, it's like Paul Anderson, where you go back through his earlier career, you're like, this dude actually had a lot of potential. What the fuck happened to him? Uh, Paul Anderson has... Never mind. They're about they're about they're they have the same score, except he's got more strikes against him. <laughs> yeah, Paul Anderson. The longer he went, the worse he got. But like, if you stop at Mortal Kombat and Event Horizon, you're like, yeah, pretty good. <laughs> uh, Mortal Kombat's still a piece of shit, but it, again, it's kind of fun to watch. But Mortal Kombat is an endearing piece of shit. Yeah, but Event Horizon's good too. But like, then there's just some unforgivable shit, like Alien vs Predator. <sighs> I've never been so fucking like. I don't even remember how old I was. I think I was like, I think I had to be like 16. The fucking little kid nerd rage that came out of me going to see that. Oh, oh boy. No, I just think I remember walk, walking out of the Tom's River Seacourt Theater, having seen that going like, what the fuck? That's not like a comic book. What the fuck? <laughs> I was like, I was like, you showed a chestburster sequence and then bailed on it. Oh, here's the money shot. And then we're going to cut away. Because you want a PG-13 fucking rating uh, for an yeah. Alien vs. Predator movie. Yeah, of course. We know how that worked out. AVPR. Hey, Requiem, like, you say what the fuck you want about it, it delivers the goods, and I don't hate it. Requiem is fun. Uh, fight me. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally fun. Like, it, it's, not the, it's not the best thing in the world, but it's fine. Requiem is basically Freddy vs. Jason. It's fine. It's it's just it's it's two cosmic things with teeth cutting humans up. That's what I wanted. It's two things that shouldn't be together in a movie because nobody seems to fucking get it right. But it has all the tasty bits that I want. You know what I mean? Yes, and that is exactly what Equilibrium is. Equilibrium is lots of tasty bits with lots of stuff you can kind of go without. But whatever. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it deserves more than the thirty-eight percent Rotten Tomatoes gave it. But I also totally understand why it sits at a 38% rating. It's fucking 7.5 on IMDb. At the end of the day, it's somebody else's opinion. But I would, I definitely would recommend this movie. I certainly would too. And I apparently like I put it up in pixels, and a lot of people were like, "I love this dumb fucking movie." A lot of people were also like, "That movie's a piece of shit." Ah, see, no, that's. <laughs> It's not even close. Just watch it for the Tate Diggs arc. Just just watch the journey of a man who loves himself so much and then have his dreams shattered as he gets annihilated in three steps. If you want to watch it as that, if you want to watch a movie about Tate Diggs' character, go ahead. It's hilarious. And how he's bullied by this Christian Bale character. So that's Equilibrium, directed by Kurt Wimmer from 2002. If you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Follow us at Movie Dumpster on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also check out our sister podcast, The Phantom Zone, hosted by our very own Connor McGraw. You can find them at phantomzonepodcast.wordpress.com. I'm Joel Escola. Uh, I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. Now that you know it, can you really take it? Is it really worth the price? I pay it gladly.